So we are back. We're back. Post baby. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was a little we loud. Got, I know you want energy. I was working on it and then you just barged right in. <laughs> Someone's excited. Someone's excited. It's been a here. while since we've recorded a, yes, a podcast, podcast episode. About four weeks exactly. <laughs> yeah. Although listeners may not have known, I'm sure we, we did mention it as we we had the back kind of we 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 recorded extra episodes knowing that the baby was coming. Right. And I think we mentioned that. But we did. So we now have a baby. The baby was born. Another baby. Louisa Hope K. Frederick. Yes. Was born 11 days early on October 7th. <laughs> Biggest baby. Yeah. And she's healthy. We're good. She is actually laying right over oh. here next to us. So we have our one and only fan here. <laughs> we are. It's November 7th as we're recording this. Yes. So, so she's, she's a month old today. A month old today. Yay. Yeah. So where's her name come from real quick? Um, oh, and you'll is. hear her. This is we're getting real life here a bit, people. Um, her name came from my one of my favorite authors, Louisa May Alcott. It may be pronounced Louisa, but we call our daughter Louisa. Um, she wrote Little Women, Little Men, all of those things. Mm-hmm. So those some of my favorite, one of my favorite authors, some of my favorite stories. So and Hope is uh, is just kind of a faith based. Obviously, it's from yes. our hope in Christ. Yes, because all of our and girls then, have grace, faith, and then hope. Those are all their middle names. Grace alone through faith alone and Christ alone. We couldn't, name her, we couldn't name her Louisa Christ K. Frederick. <laughs> Sorry, Selena's now picking up Louisa. Uh, anyway, but so we do have hope in Christ. So um, we're, we're big on by faith alone, by grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone, being that our hope is in Christ. And then K is actually your mother's middle name. Yeah, we do a faith, not a faith name, uh, yeah. a family name. And a family name. Family name. Sorry. Yeah, Away you got to use the, the microphone there. that we. Family name. We still have to do that. Anyway, now 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 Luis is here with us. So anyway, listener, thank you for your patience. Today we're going to talk about some things we've been learning over the last month, namely what little G gods are you worshiping in your marriage? And this question became painfully clear to us as we realized. <laughs> Uh, babies have a way of kind of uh, sanctifying you, bringing out the little gods <laughs> yeah, in you. They have a way of kind of rocking the boat, yes, in uh, a good way, shaking things up yes. in a really positive way. Yes. Anyway, it's great to be back, and we can't for we can't look we can't. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Stay with us, people. Yeah, we will see Hang you on. on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here, we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities. Purpose. And everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. That was a long front side. It was a long one. <laughs> it's all right, though. Yeah, this episode's going to be a little bit different. So a full disclaimer is, again, we're getting back in the saddle here. <laughs> we haven't recorded for four weeks. That's after having recorded multiple times a week for the last <laughs> yes. almost two years. Yes. So we're a little bit, I don't, I don't want to say we're rusty, but we definitely want to, I think, take some time to kind of warm up uh, yeah. and catch up. Because there's been a lot that's happening, that's happened in our lives. Not only the baby being born, which has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. She's been just incredible. That's created a whole bunch of new Things to learn, having three daughters now. How do the other two daughters take to her, mm-hmm. which they're incredible. Yeah. They're great big sisters. They're tra- yeah, they're transitioning. We're seeing some some pains kind of here and here and there. They're finding their place they're in, <laughs> in, in the birth order. <laughs> our oldest, Joining the team here. Our yeah. oldest is definitely excited to be the oldest, but also feels the pain of being the oldest. And, well, and kind also of being, brings out the attitude of being the oldest. And the attitude, yes. And she's about to be six, yes. so that's a thing. So pray for us. 
Um, but, but also we've uh, we've finished edits, so yeah. all in that last time. All these babies are born, <laughs> being born. <laughs> <My goodness. laughs> so our book that's coming out in May is called See Through Marriage. We had we had the edits finally submitted to our publisher. They had been so patient and gracious with us as the baby arrived earlier than we had planned. And that's been fun. Yeah, if she would have came on our due date, we probably would have been done. Because I'm well, sure it would have taken 11 days. That's my story, and I'm sticking to <laughs> that's it. That's my story. <laughs> um, and so we, we did that. I'm also currently working on finals for uh, seminary, which is amazing and taxing. But I also fell behind on classes and reading. And uh, what are they called? Uh, the videos. videos. What are those called? Uh, I don't know. Lectures. Yeah, there they are. <laughs> There's the word. There's the word. So I've fallen behind, and so I had to catch up. I'm catching up on that and have to f- submit that uh, in the very near future. Yep. Also, so, I've been uh, making a ton of bread. Literally. I, I've, yeah. The, We've not, been watching the Great British Baking Show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, because our kids actually really enjoy watching it, and yeah. we like watching it, and we're learning a lot. So he's been making bread literally for the past month. <laughs> well, okay. So I, I'm not like a bandwagon show watcher, right? The thing is, is there it's in okay one of the first episodes? Show and not, it's fine. Well, but I'm not like, ooh, I'm all into baking. I, honestly, like I, I, I want, I don't want to say could care less, but I don't care as much about cupcakes and like sponge cakes and things like that. <laughs> the thing is, is they had a bread episode, yes. and one of the guys on the episode said, yeah, he was, as he was making it, they were kind of interviewing him, and he said, yeah, this is just kind of the, uh, the typical loaf that I would make for our family, and it's just the one that I, I always make. And I thought to myself, we need a Frederick loaf. Frederick family loaf. <laughs> That's <laughs> It's just great. We got enough loafers. I know that. <laughs> You're a loafer. Right. And interlopers. Uh, but we needed a Frederick family loaf. And so uh, over the last four weeks, I've probably made how many how many loaves? I don't want to exaggerate. I want to say in the teens. <laughs> that's probably that's probably accurate. Yeah, I want to say in the teens. And I, I, you know what? I think I found it. I think I found the Frederick family loaf. It's a five-seated. I want to call it the five sola bread because, you know, we're good formed people. Sola, you know, five solas. Uh, But there's five different seeds in it. Uh, It's super seedy and semi-sweet, a lot like my wife. (laughs) It's oh, what a treat. (laughs) It's oh, what a treat. (laughs) Uh, But it's good. You know what? It's right in. Right in if you're a bread fan. Uh, And, you know, leave a question. And if you you feel so inclined, maybe put your address in there. I might send a loaf of bread your way. Leads us to our housekeeping. (laughs) Oh we yeah, we might need more patrons to sub to patrons sub, patri- patrons <laughs> to, to help us supply the bread needs here. But okay, yeah, so I'll I'll make it really fast. <laughs> By the way, thank you, Patreon supporters. You guys have just really been such a blessing. We've shared a lot more of the the baby happenings on our Patreon mm-hmm. page, which is patreon.com slash fierce marriage, and basically just kind of asking for prayer as we got into the you know getting in. Went into labor, also shared pictures, like, the day Not after. like, birth story pictures. Well, These course. are just, like, Videos. oh, here's the baby. <laughs> I was wearing a GoPro, and here's what happened. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, sorry. It was a war zone. Why not those people? <laughs> it was intense. But anyway, I didn't share those pictures. But anyway, just there, a lot of uh, prayers through that. And so it's been a blessing to us, not just on the financial side, but on just the co-traveling mm-hmm. side of it. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be a part of that community, and really it is, it is becoming a community and it's on its yeah. own, uh, and be on mission with Fierce Marriage, with Ryan Selena Frederick, with the people that we've partnered with here. Yeah. 
in terms of like Carrie and all the lovely people that work with us. Mm-hmm. Carrie does all our shipping. If you've ever gotten books, Carrie's the one shipping that yes. out. She's incredible. Um, you can be a part of that. And the way you do that is you go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. We just ask two things. The first thing is that we ask that you pray about it. We don't want you just to make a knee jerk decision or anything. That's We want you to pray about it and be on mission, heart and soul, husband and wife unified together in that. And if you pray about it and God leads you to it, and then we just ask the second thing is that you just act on it and you can act $2 a month, $5 a month on up, mm-hmm. whatever you can do. It's a blessing. However God leads you, it's a blessing. Uh, secondly, thank you to all our listeners, yeah. our raters and reviewers. If you have not left a rating or review, take a few seconds to do that because it mm. does not take long and it makes a huge difference and we appreciate it. And I think Agreed. potential listeners appreciate it as well. Agreed. Um, also, if you hear anything that prompts a question, please ask and you can do that by calling or texting 971-333-1120. There's also a form, I believe, on our website, fiercemarriage.com slash podcast. There's a, There's a button there. Yeah. A button there to ask a question. So do that. If you're a button person. If you're a button person. <laughs> and yeah, I just, I guess thanks to our community for supporting us. We actually did, we actually got a gift in the mail from yeah. some listeners from oh, the Holvec family. Um, they're from Newburgh, Oregon, and they gave us, I believe she made these blankets. They're like, phenomenal. Some beautiful baby blankets and we love them. They're soft and they're I like the patterns. It's great. It was so thoughtful. They sent us a card. They're always praying for us. And can so we're super grateful. Can I just say, I have felt more loved by the body of Christ, our local church body, but also the body global mm-hmm. through this last four or five weeks of our lives. I've, ne- I've never felt more loved, more tangibly loved. I've yeah. always kind of known that we're loved. Yeah. Just because by virtue of being brothers and sisters in Christ. But I think when you're, when you're, when we stop doing something, we can feel like our love like it wanes. Yes. That, <laughs> like, that people oh, that love us might not love us as much. Out of sight, out of mind. Right? Yeah. Because we had so linked to that doing versus but being. But like the meal train, right? So we're members at our church and they send out a member yeah. email. They're like, hey, the f- welcome, you know, baby Louisa, Frederick into the family. Here's a meal train link if you want to be part yeah. of it. We ate amazing meals that we didn't have to make. Apparently still are, there's more coming stuff. Yes. <laughs> All right. They were counting on her being a little bit later, baby. So we'll see. And you know what? <laughs> we haven't gotten any spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> that's usually yeah. you get like usually I, you get so much spaghetti on those right, things. Right, but one friend makes really good spaghetti meatballs, and that's that's all I got to say. All right. about it. So, well, anyways, moving on. So today's topic. <laughs> thank you so much already. If you've made it this far, <laughs> thank you. Uh, we're awesome excited listeners. to be here. I think we're indulging a little bit here. We are. We are. We're being selfish. <laughs> but Speaking yes, of being selfish, that's yes, what we're talking that's about kind today. of basically what we're talking about today. So we were sitting there talking to each other about what is something that is relevant in our hearts and what's God been teaching us through these last couple weeks and basically we've titled this thing what little gods are you worshiping what little g gods are you worshiping Mm. so um i don't think we've you know we're not like bowing down to like comfort and pleasure but in other ways we functionally are bowing to things we're giving them power we're sacrificing for them we are looking at them and idolizing you know them versus god and his ways in our lives so um yeah. I want to take a moment. And so this idea of a little G right, God, right? Uh, it has some different context for us in our culture versus kind of when we see, you know, you shall, you ha- you shall have no other gods before me. We yes. see that in Exodus when the Ten Commandments and those sorts of things. And so that's kind of, the, we're making a correlation there that I think is, on its surface, it's very obvious. But I think below the surface, it's even more deeply connected than we often realize. There she is. 
By the way, she's been really grunty. She baby squeaks here. So. She's a squeaker. <laughs> so what do we mean by that? These little G gods. So one story that came to mind as we were thinking through this is in Exodus 32, the golden calf, right? Mm-hmm. There's something in us as people, as humans, fallen human beings who have this uh, this sense of the divine, the sense that we need God in our lives, that God is alive and God is real. There's something in us that rails against that, right? So in Exodus 32... That's where Moses is up on Mount Sinai. He's uh, he's getting you know commands from God, and like all the Israelites are like not very long. I can't. I don't know how many days exactly, but not very long. Yeah, went by. Not many, very many days went by, and they were just like, oh no, we need a, we need a God to serve. Like we need another God, and so they all start talking to Aaron. They're, they're like, Aaron, we need a God to serve. He says, all right, well, give give me all your bracelets and the earrings right. out of your wives' ears. And Which, if there's any indicator for like us being created to worship, I think that's <laughs> yeah. And so he takes all this gold, yeah, and and then they the, he crafts this golden calf, and they start worshiping it. And what does it say? I had it up. I, I got to pull it up again. But it's like saying, uh, let's see here, Romans or Exodus 32. Yeah, so when people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, so he delayed, uh, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, Up, make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So they're panicking. They've already, fear has set in. Moses didn't text him back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he he left him on red. And so Aaron said to them, like, Aaron, I just think, I just think, He's, he's just along for the ride at this point, which to me is hilarious. But he says, uh, so Aaron said to them, take off the rings of gold that are in the ears of your wives, your sons and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the rings of gold that were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool and made a golden calf. This is the part that gets me. All right. He said, and they said, these are your gods, O Israel. Who brought you up out of the land of Egypt? When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before, and Aaron made a proclamation and said, "Tomorrow shall be the feast of to the Lord." I don't know what is going on here. Well, they're attributing they, they're attributing godly actions and worship to gods that they want to they want right. to make. Like so, they're creating their own worship and giving the attributes. I feel like to this fake god, but they're giving the attributes of the god of Israel to these things. Right. So which they, is even more. They had a moment of. They had a moment of fear and panic and they needed something to set their fear and panic at ease. And so they said, give us a God who can go before us. Let's craft it with our own hands. And here, this, these are the people that have seen that, that were literally part of the Exodus, right? The, the the crossing of the Red Sea, the plagues, all the miracles, you know, the bread. Yeah. And like the unleavened or whatever, the, uh, the manna from heaven, their sandals and all this stuff they hadn't worn out. They had seen so many miracles day in and day out. And here they are panicking. Right. And so you got to wonder what is in us as people that, that, that would cause us um, to do this. And I think of Romans that, that made me think of Romans one. Right, where it says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. And what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for his, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made and get this, so they are without excuse. So all I have to say is we, as people, have this sense of who God, of his, of his reality. So much so, Paul says, we are without excuse. And so 
but we have in our unrighteous, we can, this is talking about the unri- the wrath on the unrighteous, so unregenerate non-believers, but we have in us this sinful nature that wants to suppress truth and unrighteousness. Mm. So anytime we talk about a little g God, we are effectively in fear, in anxiety, in pain, in discomfort, turning to anything else that it goes against who the the one true real God. Like, why do we? Tur- why do we? Why do they not turn away from their golden calf at that moment? Mm-hmm. Why did they turn away from the one true God? Right. And I think sin is the answer. Right. So we do this in our lives. We do this <laughs> so in our lives. Big... We do. And how do we? How does this sort of play out in our marriages? I think is the biggest thing because we having a baby definitely <laughs> causes some fear and discomfort. <laughs> Thank I think you. Yes. In some ways. Yes. And so. You know, we've been, Ryan and I personally been confronted with our own like desires, right? We, there's this desire for sleep and rest, and those are not bad things. Um, are we yelling at our kids so that we can sleep? Maybe. Not kidding. Yeah. But like, you know what I'm saying? There's, there's things that we're compromising sometimes to, to get what we think we need. Mm. And those, that's where I think the, the, que- it calls to question, like, what are we worshiping? What are we striving for? What do we want and, and what that we're are, not having? In whom or in what are we placing our, our ultimate trust? trust absolutely, absolutely. And our ultimate affections and our ultimate desire. Right. Yeah. So so defining some of these things, these areas that we might quote unquote worship or things, again, that we might sacrifice for that we feel like we need instead of God. So turning to these things. And I think the biggest one, again, that we're starting with, and I think for most people can identify with, uh, is comfort and pleasure. Mm. You know, we kind of do whatever it takes to maintain that level of comfort we want. We're not like willing to compromise or serve our spouse or our kids or our family if it infringes on like our time and energy and resources, right? Like we ultimately want everything for ourselves and we're going to kind of rely on ourselves for that, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, and I think some examples of this, these are just personals. <laughs> so here's my life, but like Bible <laughs> reading, you know, I, right now I don't feel like I have tons of time to do that. Um, huh. I mean, yeah, I do it when I'm nursing, but then that's like in the dark at two in the morning and I feel like not much is being retained, <laughs> but, um, not having time or being challenged and challenged by the messages we're reading or hearing hmm. through scripture. Like that is uncomfortable to us. <laughs> it's not always you know fun to read your bible and exciting and wonderful right Mm. but it is necessary um watching shows getting on the screens you know the screens the screens (laughs) (laughs) well i think uh so i want to be clear here it's there's a time right after having louisa that we were like okay we just need to hunker down i love that the visual of like we're just hunkered down as a family right we're dead to the world. Right. I'm not getting up and going doing the same routine that we a are day just later. In our four walls and only our close friends and family are coming in to visit and we are just in serve and family love on us. Yeah. recovery mode. Yeah. Absolutely. And that means so like a lot of walks around the neighborhood with the girls, a lot yeah. of like pl- playing in their rooms, yeah. a lot of watching cartoons together, <laughs> a lot of making bread in the kitchen playing and like, letting the girls help with yes. that. Yes. And a lot of and granted it depends on your own life situation, not every not every man can take time off. I took some time off from fierce marriage and from everything else. Hopefully you can take some time off because it's such a sweet time. Um, but so there's there's that sense of okay it's okay to watch some things right and but and I think it, but there's a there's a moment I think where we know in our guts that maybe right. that that well that pattern is, is becoming too much like if we're and I think one of the indicators is that when we're living our lives just to kind of 
make it to the next time we get to watch a show. That's, you know, you're just kind of living for the That's an addiction. From That's the moment. classic addiction. Right. Yeah. right. And so I think we have to be aware of that and we have to bring people into our circle and say, hey, you know, hmm. this is what I'm struggling with or this is what I feel like. And I was very transparent with Ryan about some of the feelings I was feeling when people would send me certain, you know, basic texts and I'd be like, I can't do this. I don't want that. And I feel really angry. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm pretty sure these are all like pregnancy hormones, but can you please help me see this more clearly, you know, and walking through that together. Mm. And so there was a lot of discomfort and pl- and like things that I didn't like, but was it, um, was it something that was real or was it something that was, I was making up and what, mm. how, how was I dealing with it? I guess was the bigger question. Um, I think what really tangible way that this plays out in a husband's life is sexually, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of comfort and pleasure. Yeah. Right. I, we, we, you know, after a woman has a, a child, you, you're out of commission sexually in traditional sexual manners. <laughs> I'll say that. Right. You know, that it's, you know, there's some healing that has to happen. A lot right. of healing has to happen. And so there's, uh, and that takes time. Right. Six weeks is the minimum. Yeah. And so other cultures, it's longer. (laughs) Well, and I mean, it might need to be for us too. And I think that's something that, you know, it's, we were, we joke, like it's been what it's been uh, 20, 30 days, 30, 31 days and seven hours (laughs) since the last time you and I were able to be intimate in that way. And uh, we joke and be like, all right, well, six weeks is coming up. So I hope you're ready, you know, and, but I have to reassure you like, Hey, we'll take this step by step. Don't, don't feel expectation. Right. Right. And there's been, and, but that's been a great opportunity, right. As a husband to serve you and not pressure you or make you feel guilty or in any way, make you feel that pain in a way that is right. that you don't already feel as my wife, you already take that on. Yeah. And you also, you know, there's a sense that we want to connect and there are other ways to connect right. sexually during right. this time. And, and I do mean sexually, it's not just a, you know, it's not like you just all of a sudden ignore each other right. physical affection is completely dead for six weeks. Right, it's not an excuse to just be like, "Well, I'm not gonna do that." <laughs> but if a husband is self selfish in right. this time, right. it can it. There's ways you can make your wife pay for feeling mm-hmm. that, yeah. And so, and I, do, I just want to bring it back to the whole Aaron thing, and the, you know, the golden calf thing, and the Romans one thing, meaning that if I take my own desire, my fear of mm-hmm. not being fulfilled, my comfort being uh, sacrificed. And I take that and that's the, the God that I'm serving. That's my golden calf. And mm-hmm. I've already forgotten this miracle that is mm-hmm. my wife. Okay. The miracle that is our new baby. The miracle that it is this life that God has given mm-hmm. us, the salvation he's given us in Christ, right. uh, first and foremost. It, it, I forget all that stuff. I forget right. all the things that God has done. Right. And now all of a sudden I'm worshiping, worshiping this small G God of my own comfort, my own pleasure. Right. Uh, then there's going to be sacrifices that are going to be made. Right. And those sacrifices are usually like, are usually like your at the wife, expense of the wife, your kids. Yeah. All of a sudden you're now yelling at your kids because your selfishness is welling up into bitterness in your own heart yeah. Yeah. and anger and impatience. And you're not living by the spirit in Galatians five. You're not living by the spirit. You're right. living by the, the, the fruits of the flesh. Right. So and that, not to say that you haven't already done this, but bringing in God's word, um, I think is really the, one of the big, hmm ways we can combat and the big ways we can be aware and uh, Hebrews 4:12 is just you know for the word of God is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword piercing up to the division of soul and spirit Ooh. joints and marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart um, mm. and then it it also says and no creature verse 13 is hidden from this from his sight but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account mm. um, and n- reading that verse knowing who our God is, 
if you don't know who God is, that could be a very like scary thing, right? But if we know who God is, if we know his nature, he's a good God, full of mercy and grace. Again, we can't mm. always know these things without being in his word. You know, Spurgeon says, it's good to visit other books, but live in your Bible. And I love that. that's been very convicting to me and very also very encouraging, right? Like, it's not just, oh, you haven't been reading your Bible, but here's the clear way of how you should live. Huh. Um, and being in God's word, it, all our motives are brought to light and challenged. Our hearts are lovingly called back to repent, to, to turn back to God, away from our you know motivation that might be sinful or selfish. Um, we're given instruction and hope on how to live in obedience and the benefits of it because mm. of Jesus. It, it's it's transformational for us to be in God's word. It allows the Holy Spirit to be at work in us uh, during these times where we might be struggling with mm. pr- with wanting things that we can't have. And why would we want those things? And God's word's like, here's why you might want these things, and here's why they might be bad. But look, my word will help you through this. My, I, mm. I am here with you. I'm not leaving you. I'm giving you instruction. There's hope because of Jesus. I want to pause there a minute because you hit every main thing that is just like these deep, as I'm going through seminary, right? It's been mm-hmm. incredible to learn about uh, the doctrine of God's word, the doctrine mm. of scripture, the doctrine of God, mm. the- theolog- theology proper, as they would say, <laughs> whereas like actual study of God. Uh, God's word is is the is the Bible. That's what we, we usually typically mean by that. But we remember, right? Uh, it's John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and he sent forth the Word. So we have this, the Word incarnate in Jesus being sent forth. We have God, the God of the Bible, bending low, giving us his special revelation in his Word that we have now, we have access to the thoughts of God, to the commands of God, the, the way he thinks, the way the way he is. He's given us that access to him in his word. We see that in the second person of uh, of, the, of the Trinity, the Son, who is the word incarnate. But then we also see the ministry of the word going forward, and he said this, through the Holy Spirit. So we have not only the revelation of God, we have the power of God, mm. and we have the the person of God himself in Christ, and, and so many other different rich ways to look at the, the doc, you know, what this word means, but... I only write these things and say these things because of our conversations and listening right. to you talking so about seminary. <laughs> so it's really helpful that you're going to seminary. But it's not not that I just hear that. They're deep. Yep. And I think they're articulating things that I've always known and believed, um, but being able to say them clearly in a way that is helpful to us and hopefully our listeners is a whole nother, well, whole nother ball game. And so the, the rubber kind of meets the road. Or so, okay, so what? Yeah. Okay. So the thing is, is... We can't discount the fact that we have God's word in our hands. Yeah. We can't discount the fact that we have, we we are covered by the blood of Christ, mm. God's word incarnate, in a way that actually enables us to live under freedom. And the Holy Spirit illumines it in our hearts and makes it come to life, so that we can actually live by it. So we have the instruction, but we also have the fuel by which to mm. to live it out. Yeah. And so when we see these small g gods crop up their ugly heads in mm. our lives. We can say to God, hey, we can go to him by the by the prompting of the Holy Spirit, feeling convicted. Mm-hmm. God, I have not loved your word. I have not gotten into your word. I'm not submitting myself mm-hmm. to your word in a way that it's actually transformational in my heart. And it's showing. I'm yeah. lashing out against my kids. I'm being right. selfish with my wife. I'm being impatient. I'm being bitter. I'm being all these things. Help me yeah. desire your word. Yeah. 
And that is an amazing prompting of the Holy Spirit to pray that. And you know what? Anytime I've prayed for God to make me hungry or thirsty for his word, mm. he fulfills it almost instantaneously. Yeah. I, I want to say instantaneously because it's almost like saying that prayer in itself is a submission mm. in, in your own heart saying, God, help me love you better. I'm right. sorry I haven't loved you well. Right. I, you deserve all the love, all the glory, but I've taken love for myself. Yeah. I've taken glory for myself. Well, I'm in sorry for not wanting ways. those, wanting you, you know? Right. I'm sorry for wanting the, th- I'm so bent, God, on wanting what I want for myself. Right. And that goes to the next one, which you have listed down as the God of control. Right. So we have and power. Just a quick recap we have a, the God of comfort slash pleasure, because I feel like those two go, we felt like those two go hand in hand. And then the God of control and power. And typically, you know, this comes from a place of of fear in us, right? There might be some lies we're believing um, or we're afraid that something might happen. So this just typically produces a lot of anxiety and frustration. And so we're trying to control things so that we can maybe avoid that type of anxiety, avoid that frustration. um, Hmm. When sometimes God, you know, doesn't want us to be in control of everything because we just can't handle it. I feel like that to me, trying to control everything produces more anxiety and frustration just trying to than trying to avoid something, hmm. um, which is, you know, God's worked that in my heart because now I'm, I feel like he's given me more confidence to just face things instead of, it's like your little kid, like your little toddler, right? You want to make everything nice and happy for them so that they're nice and happy, but literally you can't control everything. And so when that, that object of <laughs> yeah. something comes against them and they don't like it, you either can like try to appease them or you can try to teach them and walk them through it, right? Or in marriage, when your spouse is not responding to in the way that you think they should, right? You've done finally, all... I'm glad you're finally here. You've stepped, <laughs> you've stepped through the right hoops, right? right. You, Say you, the right things, do the... Like, I gave you this, I gave you that, we went on a date, what else do you want from me? <laughs> like, give me what I think I need. Yeah. And now, see, that's the thing. Well, is, it can make marriage feel so lonely. You're just, it's transactional, right? It's the whole. Yeah. Well, and I, I'm trying to exercise a certain level of control and power Absolutely. over your heart. That's not, we talked about this a few episodes back. We talked about what is in the scope of our own, mm. how has God commissioned us? He's not commissioned us into, he's commissioned us into sharing the gospel. He's not commissioned us into the business of changing hearts. Right. He's commissioned us into discipling each other and let, and watching as the Holy Spirit changes hearts. So when I do that and I'm upset because you're not transforming in the way that, hey, get over that fr- friendship. We've talked about it. Get over it. Why are you still ag- agonizing yeah. over it? Or or some spouses, are they're upset because they've their their spouse is not responding to the gospel. Right. right? What do I do? We get a lot of messages in that say, what do I do if, mm. if, if I'm... You know, I'm a believer, but my spouse is not. Mm. They don't care about any. They don't care about the Bible. They don't care about church. What do I do? Mm. That can kind of well up in us in this way of control and right. power. Like, really, you want right. to control the outcome. How do I make them believe in Jesus? <laughs> How do I make them? <laughs> but it's a beautiful thing God. when we have to surrender ourselves yes. to God and say, God, you are in control. You are powerful. I am not. I can trust you. I can take joy in that, and I can trust that you're going to do what's most glorious for you, God. Mm-hmm. And I can watch, and I can be a part of it. And I pray as your child, as your son, as your daughter, I pray that you would do X, Y, and Z. Right, right. As your son. Yeah. As your daughter. And another way that, like, that personally, I think control and power plays out um, as a wife, and this is maybe, again, just me and a personal problem, but, um, like, how we look, right? We're obsessing over our appearance, uh, our weight, what we look like, what we're wearing, you know, how are we appearing? Because we're aiming, essentially, to control what people think about us, right? Especially, you see that on social media. And, yeah, totally guilty of it. Not trying to be. Sometimes... 
I, sh- I, I have this conviction of like, I should just take a video of my whole house right now and post it. That would be very humbling because for me. Because it's clean? Because it's awfully dirty. Oh. Um, and show like the real life side of way. things. <laughs> Sorry. I feel like well, I I've lost, I've lost control over my body given the number of bread loaves I've eaten <laughs> over the last four weeks. <laughs> Carbs are real, folks. They really are. Those calories really do pack on right, fast. Right, right. So I think that... You know, again, trying to control what people think about us is is just a, a, a game of death, really, of your your spirit. Like you, right. we can't control what people think about us, and we don't have to because God is good and our identity is secure in Him. And that is a hard bridge to cross sometimes. I think, and I, I feel like it's a challenge mm-hmm. daily for at least me as a wife. It can be, it's always a question of identity. You know, am I making the right decision as a mom homeschooling her kids? Am I making the right decision as a mom or as a woman and a wife? Mm. Am I loving my, my family well enough by making certain decisions, by not making certain decisions, um, those kinds of things. And, mm. you know, it also, I think this control and power, and maybe I talked about this at the beginning, is is just this fear of like, what if this happens or what if that happens? What if... What if my husband doesn't love me anymore because I, my body's changed or, and I, I don't, I haven't actually felt that fear, but I've seen it and heard it in, in other spaces. Um, but what if, what if he doesn't love me anymore? What if I can't or in the, be the wife yeah. that I was? What if my sex drive is down because I'm just post-pregnancy hormones are just, you know, flailing okay, everywhere. Yeah. This, this, uh, I remember having a conversation before the baby was yeah. born thinking, because I was afraid. I was well, afraid. And I was afraid. The conversation. I'm like, what of, is going to happen to our sex life? And just being really right, we candid. Both were like, it's like, when are we going to find time? Are you going to even want it, this, right. this, pointing to, <laughs> to <laughs> say goodbye Your to bread this. bread loaf body. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> My bread body. <laughs> That's I like bread. new dieting program. I love bread. <laughs> Instead of beach body, it's going to be bread body. <laughs> And everyone's going to get on board because you know what? The bar is super low. It's super easy. Just eat bread whenever you want. And bread is, bread is awesome. And the butter bread body. <laughs> That's the next level. That's the deluxe package there. That's the deluxe package. you got to pay. It's nineteen ninety nine a month for that subscription. Anyway, don't pay for it. It's not worth it. <laughs> the, the advice is really clear. Eat buttered bread. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, I mean, we had this conversation, like, what what is going to happen to our sex life? And I really wanted to, like, wrap my arms around it and say, or my head around it and say, okay, here's, I need you to. At this point, we'll do this. This is the plan, blah, blah, blah. Right. And it's like. And some of that's you like, can't... you need to talk through it. You yes. need to have those conversations. But again, you can't control how you're going to mm. feel after everything. And then it, well, and it's at that moment of fear yeah. that you can choose to trust or that build, when yeah. that moment comes, you'll feel like you'll be able to work, work it out mm-hmm. together because God is in you and God is right. working through you and you know his he his desire is for you to flourish right and so instead of crafting a golden calf at that moment and trying to figure it out myself and saying mm-hmm. well fine I'm just going to do whatever I want I'm going to look it online and I'm going to find I'm going to satisfy my sexual needs some other way that's crafting a golden calf and mm. basically taking it into your own into your own hands sorry for the pun oh my <laughs> that was uh taking it controlling it yourself <laughs> ah i'm just gonna stop uh but the point i'm trying to make is that you have to trust instead you have to trust in this god that has proven himself faithful yeah. time and time again Absolutely. and that your marriage is not going to fall apart as you right. and you as can't entrust it into his hands you can't anticipate every moment afterwards right and that's my biggest fault ryan will tell you that i try to anticipate way too much because i want to control why because i'm afraid because i don't want to deal with 
the frustration or the, the anxiety of like my kids screaming or us being disconnected mm. sexually. I don't want to deal with that. So I want to have a plan. I want to get it taken care of. But it, it comes from mm. this underlying sense, which if I'm reading the Bible, right, and it's 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 looking at my heart, it's helping me discern through things. It's because I'm afraid. It's because yeah. I'm afraid of the disconnection. I'm afraid of the arguments. I'm afraid of um, our relationship being changed and altered. And I don't want that. Like, I love what we have. But God's like, that's great. But I have more for you, right? And the more is going to, ex- it's it's going to take some stretching. Mm. It's going to take some discomfort. And it's good. It's okay. Like, it's just going against some of your sin nature. In a, in a sense, there is some stuff that's, you know, not of God. And yeah. he's calling us out of that. So. You have to, yeah, and that's, that's trust, right? And anytime you're heading around a bend where you don't know what's going to be there. Right. You have to really trust that God ha- is guiding you. Right. He actually is there. I think one area where control really, really um, shows up as a small G God is in, like you mentioned it earlier, but the order of our house, right? Mm. With two little ones running around, five and three, they love making messes. They love playing. They don't love picking up messes. They don't love working. <laughs> and so as a dad, I'm mm, like... Just like us, huh? Pleasure like, and comfort. <laughs> <laughs> a little hedonist. They just want to do what's fun all the time. Uh, they want to eat only things that taste good course, all the time. Of and of course. course, that's just sugar, basically. And so I want to control them. Right. I want to control their hearts. I want to control their behavior. Right. And what happens if we do that without our, the gospel at yeah, the center? Our discipline is not... Our discipline is not, heavy-handed. Yeah. We rule with an iron fist. You're not we teaching. Break you're the spirit. Yeah. We end up being strict and not, and not just loving, right. lovingly correcting them, but just being strict. And so... We're getting outside of the purview of marriage here, but I'm just saying as a couple dealing with that has really exposed in us this yeah. desire for control and for power. Because we want things to be the... a certain way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. So right. there's a good the, verse you brought up. Psalm yeah. 147. Yeah. Psalm 147 is just his delight is not in the strength of the horse nor his pleasure in the legs of a man. But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his steadfast love. And I feel like that just brings some assurance. Mm. You know, he's not impressed by what we can do, but he really takes pleasure in those that fear him. So that acknowledge, you know, who he is, that are in wonder, not afraid of God, but this respect, this this awe of, of who he is. And they hope in his love, his steadfast love, yeah. his love that never gets tired of our questions, of our own hedonism, of our own failure to realize who he is and and what he's what he wants for us yeah. but he he delights in those who fear him this reminded me of a verse that i have on the wall here don't it's, take control sorry i sorry. just take control it's okay no. <laughs> <laughs> i thought you're saying it. i took control no <laughs> you're calling me out uh jeremiah 9 23, 24, thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his mm. wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. I wanted to boast in all three of those things, by the way. I'm <laughs> just going to say I'm like glad you're saying that. my own brain, my own like brawn and my own bank account. <laughs> I've wanted to. Your bread brawn. <laughs> my bready body, people. <laughs> Go to breadbody.com. Uh, <laughs> But let not the rich man, rich man boast in his riches. But here's the here's the the but statement. Okay, but let him who boasts boasts in this mm. that he understands and knows me that I am the Lord, 
who practice, and that Lord is is the Tetragrammatron, which is the Yahweh, which is Hello. his actual name, it's right? Like the capital all caps. Which is Lord. his most proper name, right? L O R D well, capital L O R D. Yeah. Who, who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. So See, let us boast in knowing him. That would have been a good one because the next God is the God of, of pride and like status. So oh, there, boasting, it is. there it is. That was a good transition, babe. Way to you go. You know what? I'm Way just, to go. <laughs> I'm very wise. I'm very wise. And, and I, oh, shoot. <laughs> just boasting that wisdom. Just kidding. <laughs> yes. But the God yeah. of, of status slash pride, we feel like there's a lot of overlap. And it's an easy progression from oh, control, yeah. right, to pride. Um, we got the right house. We got the right car. We got our kids in the right school or we're doing the right thing, homeschooling, whatever. There can be a lot of pride in all of those areas. It really is just questioning our identity. Like, where, mm. what are we putting our identity in? Who are we putting it in? Um, when are we putting it in? Because here, exactly. it's here there and it now is. is what we want. To, we want to see it play out here and now. I want to see the status here and now. Mm-hmm. When our status, when we're not primarily... American citizens are not primarily Australian citizens. We're not a citizen of some worldly power. Mm-hmm. We're citizens of a heavenly kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so if our status is in that, in our identity as heavenly kingdom right. citizens, of people adopted into God's family, that's a there and then thing. That's right. a already but not yet. Yeah. That's a, well, had, this came up in my own heart today as I was thinking through some of the family stuff we're going through. We haven't shared that, but there's some family stuff going on. We had a meeting earlier this week that was to that end. And I just got, I got to thinking like, it made me really realize like I can't want things to be resolved in, in a way that gives me benefits here and now. I need to be thinking about there mm. and then in terms of already, but not yet, mm. God's plan, God's goodness and his, right. his name and let us boast in this, right? right? That same thing that, that, that I un- we understand yeah. and know God. Right. So we, we, sorry, I want to flesh this out a little bit more that we understand that we have been made privy to the person of God and what mm-hmm. he wills here on earth. That's an amazing thing. He loves with steadfast love and wisdom and all these things. But we understand him, but we also know him in that mm-hmm. we're not just, we just don't know him in our heads, but we know him personally. Mm. There's in the Spanish language, there's two verbs for to know. There's saber and conocer, I think. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm not trying to be like Beto or whatever, but like that guy who would speak in Spanish in the debates. But there's there one is to know like a fact. The other is to know relationally a person mm. and i feel like that's a distinction that can be made here yeah that i know god in my head i know his 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 ways but i also know him personally let us boast in that and let the stead the the status and all those things that we want let those fall at the feet of knowing god right and how how does this area like affect our marriage because i can i feel like it can very much be yeah. just a status and pride like a personal thing uh, which it Good can question. be, yeah. and it can definitely clash within our marriage if if we want different things and we desire and we we want to have take pride in having certain things. You know, if if a wife wants a, oh, I hate to bash wives. We're not gonna, but if if you if you Just have this high, if you have a high standard of not high, if you want things that are out of your if you want price a bread range, body. No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> No, I'm just saying, like, if, if we're wanting things for the wrong reasons, it's going to create a lot of tension within our marriage, because I feel like you're good at that. Early on in our marriage, I'd be like, well, oh, here's a perfect example. When I was a young life leader in California, mm-hmm. and we got back from camp, and I was leading campaigners for the first time, I was like, Ryan, we've got to have a bigger house. I've got, like, 12 girls. We are in a two-bedroom apartment. All Half of these girls live in, like, humongous houses and gated communities, like, super wealthy area of the desert. 
and we have this little apartment which and it was a great apartment and i'm like it's just not big enough we need to start looking at houses we need to like all this fear all of this you know Mm -hmm. discomfort of what these high school girls were gonna think about my apartment as an adult right um just came into play and it was I was, because I felt like it, it was a reflection of my identity, right? We can't afford or we can't have the right thing. And w- in all reality, when they had, when we had campaigners and we ate dinner together and we talked and we all, I made them all put their phones face down in front of us so that nobody had their phones on them. That relationship, that those conversations, that community was what God used to really fulfill them and for us to know who he was together. It wasn't about my house. We could have met at, which we did even sometimes like at Starbucks or we met. They don't at, care. They, they don't care. They don't care. Yeah. And, and only even you if, cared. Well, <laughs> only only we cared. I cared, yeah. but they do care at some level outside of Christ. Like they were caring about the wrong things. And I felt like right. God was like, Hey, let me use this area of your life to show them that, that those things don't matter as much as I, I mm. want their hearts. I want their lives. I want to be in relationship with them. And that is the important thing here. It's not about what they have. Although, you know, it's okay to have things, but it's not about what you have. It's about who you are, right? Yeah. Actually, I was just reading, I'm not going to be able to find it, but I was just reading an article. Um, uh, Gospel Coalition does these series. It's called Thorn and Thistle, I think. Mm. And they asked a question. I meant to share it with you. I apologize. But they asked the question is like, should I move? Um, should I move closer to the church or sh- is it okay to move f- further away from the church if I, if it means I can have like a bigger house? Right. Like geographically. Yeah. yeah. And they use an example of somebody who, you know, they had this kind of dilemma and it meant they would move away across the freeway, but it was basically like a world apart because of the way the geography worked. Mm -hmm. And the questions they were asking were really positive. And they're saying basically like re re reevaluate your, like your, your definition of hospitality Mm. and recalibrate it with the Bible's definition of hospitality. Because we often think something like, like what you said is like, well, we can't have ministry happen until we have this perfect arena for which the hospitality can finally blossom into everything it should be. No, that's, and he's basically saying like, you don't need, first off, he said Americans next to second to Australians have more square footage per home than anyone else in the world. Right. So having a big house in the U S is like a mansion by every other standard. Right. Whereas you might feel like it's average. Right. And so it's basically recalibrating that, that expectation of what it means to to love people and to and so i want to get back to the point status and pride is it comes back around to something that's not rooted in what you think it's rooted in right you think oh i just we need this thing so that we can have our identity well and basically hide i think was some of it yeah i wanted to hide like our financial status right which we which i I kid you not we had literally hundreds (laughs) maybe even dozens of dollars (laughs) saved in the bank at that any moment which is why transparency is a huge thing and we talk a lot about that all the time <laughs> on the Fierce Marriage Podcast. <laughs> yeah. We are very transparent. But yeah. I think that that is a way to combat and to live in the light, right? God calls us to live in the light. Why? Because then it's not about us. It's all about him. And it's all about who he is in our lives and not what we've built, right? Mm. So one of the verses that has been, one of our mentors kind of sent us this and was just like congratulating us on having a baby. It was Psalm, it was one, Psalm 127. Um, excuse me. And in particular, you know, it was the one about, you know, children are heritage, they're a blessing. But if you read Psalm 127, which I encourage everyone, it's five verses. Um, it's very reassuring to me as a wife, as someone who doesn't have to have it all together, who doesn't have to have the right house, the right everything, but is really like learning. I really feel like I'm sitting at the feet of God, constantly failing and learning, uh, who God is. 
and what he's at work doing. And I'll just read the verses. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb I reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. So there's a lot there. Um, You know, talking about children and being a heritage and blessings. And I guess the first couple of verses are really what have spoken to my heart in this time of kind of feeling like our world's being shaken in a lot of ways, just with a new baby and finishing a book and all of these just things in our home, I guess, for me. Um, God just reminding me, like, unless he's building this house, like, we're doing stuff in vain. Unless he is, you know, the one that we are, not even we, it's all about him, right? So unless he's watching over the city, we stay awake in vain. If if it doesn't matter, if I stay up late and I wake up early to try to do all these things, if, if it's not you know, sort of God leading this, then I, and he's not, you know, the head of this household, then it's all in vain. It's all about me and my status and my pride and the things that I want versus, you know, this verse is saying God's in control. He is at work. Yeah. Sleep, rest, enjoy your children, teach them. Yeah. And that, that I think comes down to boasting in our own kind of wisdom as that Jeremiah passage says, like we think that we can just somehow, craft the house and have the house stand on its own because we are without need of God mm-hmm. himself. And this is, this verse is basically saying, no, like you can do whatever you can build a house. You can, this is, it's not a verse about architecture. Right. <laughs> it's a verse about trusting that God is the reason that anything is sustained Right. and acknowledging that humbly. Mm. So how does this work in marriage? Again, bringing it back around to marriage. We talked about sex a little bit. We talked about finances a little bit, talking about communication. Mm-hmm. A lot of times in, in our relationship early on, I would talk down to you in a way that I'm very ashamed of, I think now. And I think I've learned to not do it as often. Learning. Learning. <laughs> 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 uh, so, uh, but like talking but, down yeah. and, and like just being dismissive of each other yeah, or, yeah. and what is that if not boasting in your own wisdom, sure. what is that if you're thinking that if I can just use the right words or, or I am smarter, I'm right. so smart that I don't have I'm to better really at like, arguing and I can. Yeah. And so I think trusting in the Lord is, is really humbling and puts you in a place of like the priority is to love my wife well, not to be right mm. in this conversation or to listen well and yeah. not get to a solution right. or to make sure she feels loved right. and not just give her action steps. Right. Right. Those are the right. roots of communication or flip it on the other end. Yeah. Transparency and communication. Yeah. That in my, in my grand wisdom, I, I won't tell you this because I'm afraid it'll hurt you. Yeah. Right. Every TV show you've ever watched always has a, I didn't tell you because I wanted to protect you. Right. Like, how BS is that? Because it's like, you you think that you can just, you know better. So why not just come out with it? Well, of course, that would mean there's no drama in the TV <laughs> show, but it also creates more drama in your life right. if you think, I'm not going to tell you about my addiction because yeah. in my wisdom, I think it'll hurt you and it'll hurt our marriage. And I'm right. ashamed also. And God's saying, live in the light. Because uh, he is God and I am not, I can right. live humbly before him. And He, if he is the goal... Right. If he is my affection, then I want to get closer to him. And that sin is getting in the way. I need right. to get it out of my life, which well, means confess to him, confess to each other. Repent. And it's this whole idea of trust, right? So we're we're talking about how can we really worship God 
uh, in our marriage? How can we tangibly worship God in our marriage? And you've, mm. you've heard these three things. They've just been threaded throughout our conversation um, is true repentance yeah. and submission yep. and surrender and then trust, right? So we're talking about, we're trusting who God is beyond what we think, how That's much good. the bomb is going to drop and how big the blast is going to be, right? We're trusting mm. him, knowing that these things are going to happen, but trusting that he is the God of hearts and he's not God of hearts. He's the God of that our ch- hearts. Changes hearts. And changes yeah. hearts. He's uh, one that we can trust. It's the true repentance of like coming to God saying, I'm sorry for not wanting you. I'm so prone to wanting other things. Help me, God. I believe you're good and merciful. Help my unbelief. It's repenting to our mm. spouse. It's going to our community saying, help me, help us in these, in, in worshiping these little gods. I need your help to destroy them. I need your help to not allow them to come back into my life. It's submission, surrendering to God in those instances saying, God, we need... I want your way. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what think you know what you think about this. I need to read my Bible more. Like ooh, like <laughs> well, you're surrendering yourself, know saying I will. can't figure this out. I'm not going to boast in my wisdom. I'm going to boast in knowing you. Yeah, know him, and then yeah. you know where he stands on things like your pleasure, your like your riches, like your status, like your identity. He roots those all. And here's the in thing: his word. God wants to give you more pleasure than you could ever imagine right. in, in Him. Mm-hmm. He wants to give you more status than you could ever earn on your own. In Him, right? He wants to give you more riches than you could ever earn on your own. Right. In Him, right? And this is not a prosperity thing. This is in Him. There is all these things right. that he, everything else pales in comparison. He he's giving you Himself, right? And that comes from a place of submitting Just, and surrendering, right. which is why you see so many submitted, surrendered. Like people in the church are not people that have it together, right? They're people that oftentimes are they they've just for whatever reason they're they're in that they're, they're not. They're in a weaker status in a lot of cases. Yeah. I don't want to get into the nuances of that. But anyway, we need to surrender our hearts and all that kind of stuff. Right. And we can ask the Holy Spirit to help us. He is there. To, he's our counselor to to help lead us, to help us submit, to help us mm. know how to walk humbly in the things of God. And then trusting him, trusting God, trusting mm-hmm. our Father, the Holy Spirit, trusting what Jesus did on the cross, trusting God's way is the better. It is the best way to live, again, when when and if bombs need to be dropped, we're going to trust that after the blast, God is going to help us through those messes, through that hurt and pain. Mm. He is the God. I mean, of you're he- talking through if there's a, like a confession or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Or anything that you're confronting, like with your pride, all of, all of these little gods, they come with like yeah. this, these this luggage, baggage. I'm trying to think of the word. They come with baggage. So, they come with things that need to be broken and destroyed. And when those things are broken and destroyed, no doubt there's going to be some aftermath. It may be big or small, but it, it, it's it's requiring confrontation mm. with things that you don't want to be confronted with, I feel like. And God says, don't fear. Confidently and trust in, with your trust in me, go face those things. Let's, let's face okay. them together. Don't be afraid. So speaking of facing those things, cu- couples conversation challenge. Right. Okay. So these, I'm going to recap these three, I think, categories of gods that we've talked about. These small G gods in mm-hmm. our lives. Okay. We're using that, that term in, uh, in an analogous sort of way, mm-hmm. right? They're not literal, like, deities, small d deities, but they are things that we tend to worship. Uh, So talk about each one of these areas. This is the conversation challenge. Talk about each one of these areas together. Maybe just write them down Mm -hmm. as as I recap here. And then you can talk about how maybe repentance needs to play a role. Yeah. And how surrender and trust need to play roles in each area in your lives. Okay. And just be honest with each other. Okay, so the first category is comfort and pleasure, the God of comfort and pleasure. Second, the second one is the God of control and power. 
Um, and the third one is the God of status or pride. Okay. So talk through each one of those with mm-hmm. your husband, with your wife, maybe write down a few things and how can maybe you can ask God to, to bring you around mm. um, to a, a more holy or to a more sanctified posture in those right, areas and more right. and where you're trusting him yes. more often. So talk about repentance, talk about surrender, talk about trust. Right. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. Little Louise is doing pretty well. Yeah. She's just starting to wiggle a little bit. So okay. we got to wrap this up. Why don't you go grab her? Is she wiggling? Do you want to grab no, her? No, she's good. Okay. Well, I always want to grab her. I love my baby. So uh, I want to plug this real fast again. Um, uh, Patreon, if if you feel uh, if you feel called to be a partner with with us and with our family and, mm. and the people that we work alongside, we'd be honored for you to pray over that, pray for that together with your spouse. And if you feel led, go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. Thank you for all of you mm. who are current patrons. It means the world. Thank you if you're just even praying about it. Don't feel bad or guilty. Just know that we're thankful for you, listener, mm. in general. <laughs> and if you feel called, we're, we're still thankful for you mm-hmm. in these ways. Uh, and then if you're looking for resources, we do have a bunch of books. If you're new to the Fierce Marriage podcast, go, go to shop.fiercemarriage.com. There's a ton of resources there. Mm. Uh, well, not a ton. There's, I think, six different books. There's one e-course. There's some Fierce Rings. <laughs> Feels like a ton. <laughs> Yeah, it feels Lots like a ton. It's taking a lot of work to get there. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, let me say a prayer for us, and then we'll go on. What, what's anyway? Nothing. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you later. Okay. okay. I don't know. When you laugh, it makes me uneasy. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, I thank you for this, um, just the gift that it is to know you and to, um, to boast in knowing you mm. and to boast in understanding you, Lord. I pray that you would um, just make your word come to life in our hearts and in our minds and in our lives. God, may it affect our hearts, change our minds, and and um, be implemented faithfully in our lives. Mm-hmm. God, I pray for the fierce husbands and the fierce wives listening to this. I pray that if you've stirred something in them, I pray right now you would stir in them hope mm-hmm. in your gospel, hope in the fact that you love him or her, the hope in the fact that you have not abandoned him or her. And I pray that you'd help them with wisdom and with wise counsel and, and through your word, help them move forward. Holy Spirit, just comfort them and guide guide those fierce couples, mm. Lord, in Jesus' name. And I thank you for um, the ability to talk about you here mm. on this podcast. I thank you for the new baby in the Frederick household. Thank you that she's healthy and strong. And anyway, God, thank you so much just for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. This, this uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a lot of fun. This episode is... In the can. And we will see you in about seven days. Until then... Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care. Thank you.